Keep hop. Keep hop anonymous. Damn you! You get hit in the water! Hey, what's up, y'all? And you're listening to the breakdown. 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 Here on Cinema. Then you're locked into another episode of The Breakdown with your host, me, Victoria Rudnikov. This is another part of the first series of our special little show. Not to brag or anything, but we've been on a pretty incredible journey so far. If this is your first time tuning in, The Breakdown delves into different issues relating to the powerful, groundbreaking, and inspirational genre that is hip hop. So far, we have and we'll sneak peek alert there discuss topics such as women in hip-hop the influence of manga in hip-hop hip-hop's role in film and television and we'll treat you to a few more as well today we'll be looking at hip-hop's changing landscape in australia currently hip-hop is evolved into one of the biggest genres in the world with artists performing in all different places in all different languages let's get started Now, let's throw back to where it all started on our home turf here in Australia. Believe it or not, hip-hop in Australia stems back all the way to the 1980s. Remember at this time, whether you were alive or if you weren't like myself, you may know the Australian music scene was very much pub rock driven. It's definitely different to what we're used to now, but something we do need to acknowledge. Can't say it was my type of genre, but I'm very happy with where we're at now. No hate to pub rock. I just love my hip hop, as you may know. Of course, the origins of this genre take influence from African-American culture in the United States, which at the same time saw the rise of the music there. At that time, we took very little from its home of the Bronx, it was mainly just graffiti and breakdancing, which Countdown host Molly Meldrum called rap dancing. Rap dancing. I just can imagine like this white guy calling it good old rap dancing. So there was just not that much focus on the music just yet. It wasn't really until the early 2000s that hip hop became known to a mainstream audience here. This was because the Australian Record Industry Association, you may know them as ARIA, acknowledged the growing popularity of the genre and even added the category of best urban album to their award shows. Urban being the umbrella term used to classify any music that falls under R&B, hip hop, soul, funk, reggae, and dancehall categories. Also something to note, no artists were given individual recognition. This move followed big records such as Sony beginning to sign hip hop artists, something that began in the late 80s. Believe it or not, I had no idea it was that long ago, but it did still take over a decade to get its footing. It's said that Hilltop Hood started this mainstream fame with their album, The Calling, and then the white male rapper trend began. For me growing up, the only hip hop and rap I knew coming from 
home was artists such as Pez, Wissanesso, Draft, Cursor, Illy, and I'll be completely honest with you, this is a safe space here. 360's Boys Like You continues to be a guilty pleasure of mine. But before these guys, we need to mention Resin Dogs, Downside, Sound Unlimited Posse, just to name a few. Yes, these groups go down in history as the pioneers of rap in Australia. But as I mentioned before, by the middle of the decade, the hits were coming straight from white males. Cling back to the, you know, hilltop hoods rising onto that international level from Australia, yeah. which was initially a place that people didn't really look at for hip hop. Um, yeah. How do you think with the rise of so many young artists out there right now, how do you think the Sydney scene specifically or just anywhere in Australia is looking? I think the important thing is so many people in the early days and, and to some extent maybe it's almost a, a fundamental flaw, but so many people in the early days in hip hop um, in our country, you know, looked at it and looked at developing their sound to really demarcate themselves and make them identifiable as Australian. Exactly. You know, that can be a double-edged sword because in many ways a lot of people have said, well, that's created, you know, this kind of Aussie, you know, predominantly white hip-hop sound. Um, Whereas what I think is so amazing now um, is that there's so many young artists who are just like, I don't really give a damn about that. (laughs) That's not what I aspire to be. I've got no intention of just thinking about, you know, local identity. I'm, I'm only thinking on an international scale. So... I think there's a lot of amazing people coming out of all different cities in Australia, um, you know, particularly places like Melbourne and Brisbane. Yeah. Um, Brisbane's really on the rise, but I think absolutely have the potential to just take things straight to an international market. So when did this turning point begin and get to where we are now? You know, a much better representative community, but also has the unique sound that has become Aussie hip-hop. There's a variety of reasons, more people being brought up with hip-hop, therefore being inspired by it, more people from ethnic backgrounds expending the amount of ethnic representation we have, and of course, growing popularity for the genre as a whole. Breaking down these barriers may have been difficult, but it is definitely worth it. I'm sure anyone listening to this or any person who loves hip-hop, respects hip-hop, anyone like that will agree. When you think about it, how many of the big artists of the moment are of colour, are children of immigrants, born overseas or First Nations people. It's just something to think about. We also cannot forget the revolutionary power of social media and the internet. People can become instant successes before they are even signed to a label, before they even wake up the next morning. Have a think with me. How many times have you seen an artist blow up after their TikTok went viral or there was a TikTok where someone was using their song. It's crazy. Artists have more ability to create the music they want and the way they want it. If you have an online community, you are definitely in a good position. If we have a look at Sampa the Great's track, Time's Up featuring Crown, her lyrics, mind you, there's a language warning here, fuck the dance, fuck the list, fuck the arias is enough to prove that these large institutions aren't the only ones controlling our music scene. Ironically, fun fact here, Sam the Great won an aria for her album Final Form, which featured this hit. Yeah, nice. And what is your opinion on the new wave of music? Um, I think that in Australia it's growing. I definitely see a lot of people here you know, pushing that sound and it's, it's a great, great thing. I think New Wave is just, 
it's taking like elements of different genres, so like maybe R and B and then like hip hop and then just kind of adding like a little bit of twist to it. And I, I think it's great because it's evolving like the art form itself and it's just pushing it to a place that's never been before, you know? When thinking of Australian hip hop, we usually associate it with using an Australian accent. Side note, that can obviously vary. Using Aussie slang and speaking about issues in a society, particularly political ones. A very common and of course necessary topic. I emphasize necessary, underline it. This is important. We've spoken about lately is the treatment of First Nations people, which has been so important in giving us a better glimpse into their realities. Yes, it does take influence from many different nations and cultures, but since this genre has continued to develop into what it is today, it is safe to say that Australian hip hop does have a very distinguishable sound. Overall, this genre doesn't just adhere to the Aussie pride rap that gave fame to white men 10 years ago, but embraces the true essence of our country, that is being a multicultural nation. Yeah, I remember being back at a Jindabyne gig. I think it was my old group, Sieta, and um, we were playing with the Fundamentals and Illy and Mantra and, oh, there's so many acts. Anyway, there was like 18 white dudes backstage and then me and Katie Baker. It was like hilarious. And I sort of thought to myself, I reckon this would have been maybe 10, nine years ago. And um, I remember thinking to myself, this is not good. But even before that, I had a group called Culture Connect from Darwin, which was, you know, had we had guys from representing the Philippines, Papua New Guinea, Zimbabwe, Ghana, Haiti. Um, Birds was in that crew from the um, Bad Apples label. And it was just this big crew of, um, I guess, people from the North, you know, rappers and artists and musicians from Darwin. And we, our first tour, we kind of freaked out at how white the scene was because, you know, it was, this was pre-Facebook and pre-everything. Um, and I just think to myself now, it has changed so much, but it still feels like there are certain people holding the power. And I get it. Like, I get why someone, you know, is bigger than someone else. I understand that a lot of people, especially, you know, the population still love like the kind of girl and guy next door from Neighbours vibe. Like that's sort of, I get that whole scene, which has been, you know, whitewashed in the Australian media landscape for a long time. And for, for sure, there's a lot of change happening. I think it's getting up to the point where we need the people, like the promoters and stuff. And the artists are definitely here and they've been making noise, but I think they've always been making noise and trying to get heard. And now it just feels like it's a little bit more on trend for promoters to think about that. Yeah. And obviously that's a good thing, but that, that change has to come from within and it has to be not tokenistic. It has to be a real meaningful um, decision for them to make. And I think the same goes for the labels and the same goes for the way the whole scene works. And that's going to bring a change amongst the way that fans and the, the next generation consume music and basically demand for this thing to happen, demand. They don't want to just see, you know, white guys rapping on stage. If I'm being completely honest, I joined the hip hop show here at Sin, at the start of last year, unaware of how diverse the industry was, my goal personally was to learn more about local talent and just expand my knowledge about the local scene because it was very limited and I just knew there was so much I needed to educate myself about. I was so overwhelmed about how far we've come. This transformation has been so exciting to see, but I know this is just the beginning. These are my thoughts on the wonderful world that is Aussie hip hop. And throughout this show, we've also been listening to some artists themselves talking about Aussie hip hop, our favorite thing, right? 
We've listened to Alex Parkman, Sarah Connor and Kuya James. So thank you for sharing their thoughts with us. And I hope in some way they've resonated with your feelings too. All this info is probably making you think, where are we now? We have to start with this bit by saying it's clear hip hop's presence in Australia continues to be noticed more and most importantly supported. Since there are limited radio stations or shows or any other type of media available for local hip hop, Spotify Australia and New Zealand now has a dedicated playlist, A1 Hip Hop to showcase domestic talent. Please follow it. Trust me, it gives you the latest hits you need to be listening to. Effortless, you don't have to go searching for it. It's just there. Make sure to click follow. And it doesn't stop there. Remember at the beginning of today's class, I told you that the Aries introduced the category of best urban release? Well, now they split that award into two separate categories, best hip hop release and best soul and R&B release. I know it's a very minor step, but little progress is better than no progress, right? We definitely have come a long way, but there is still much further to go and we will be here to support the industry while it does so. When we look back at Australian hip hop now, there has been a boom, particularly in the past five years. We see a broad range of artists from all different backgrounds experimenting with different aspects of the hip hop genre. For example, we have Baker Boy and Briggs repping First Nations rappers. There's TK Meisner and Sampa the Great, women of color, both who have been recognized on a global scale. Kwame and Arno Faraji, both men of color that have continuously been releasing new hits. Then we've got non-binary talents such as Imbi the Kid and Jamaz Mars repping the LGBTIQ community. These are just a few of the amazing artists we have now. And of course, White artists are still around. You know who you are, Iggy Azalea. But the most important thing to take away from this is what all these individuals and groups do for our genre. Because of these efforts of all these artists and those that paved the way for them, Australian hip hop has become a highly regarded part of our nation's music scene. It is a genre of its own, something that no other type of music can replicate. Watching what hip hop has blossomed into in a local sphere has been an absolute pleasure and it's exciting to see how much more can be achieved in the next five years this has been an episode of sin hip hop's the breakdown talking about the changing landscape of aussie hip-hop my name is victoria runikoff and i have been here telling you all about this wonderful transformation we have witnessed in the past few years and decades. Breakdown on Sin Hip Hop. Sin Hip Hop. Sin Hip Hop. Sin Hip Hop. If you want to see more of the Breakdown episodes, check them out on our socials. We are on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We're going to have some more episodes coming out. But remember as well, we have released some earlier. So give us your thoughts on them. Let us know what else you'd like us to cover. And most importantly for now, please stay safe, everyone. Victoria Rinikoff signing out.